Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome once again to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. Thanks for joining us again. I am really excited for this week's episode. Yeah, I want to just double back real quick. If you listened last week, you know there were some timeline inconsistencies. That was on our end. Sorry about that, but we're back to normal. We are going to squeeze in our Captain Marvel film review, as well as some awesome beers. And if you've never heard the show before, we cover one movie and two beers. Usually a new movie and usually uh, two beers that are at least new to us. That's right. And hopefully new in manufacture. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be a mystery. Before we dive too deep, you need to know where to find us because we matter. So you're going to find us on all the social medias at Fresh Hop Cinema, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Find us on Untapped. Find us on Letterboxd, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can find Max at his personal page on everything. Yeah, just me and my, I don't yeah. know. We do Whatever. stuff. But yes, follow us. And then also please keep up the Instagram ads. We appreciate Been the hell that. out of that. Yeah, if you don't know what he's saying, uh, lately we've asked listeners to screenshot where they are listening on what, uh, meaning like what app. Yeah. And stick it on your Instagram story. Tag us. And it's a, it's a fun way to let your friends know who we are. And it's, it makes us feel really good. And we appreciate the... Uh, the shout out, which is also to say in, on a more basic level, if you have been listening to the show for a long time and you, you haven't had a chance to maybe go over to wherever you listen and rate and review us, uh, review for extra points, uh, we'd appreciate that also. Uh, that really does help other people like searching the iTunes podcast or find find this show and, and other really cool shows. Yeah. Okay. Diving that's, in. That's all we're going to do now as far as begging you for things. Yeah, that's it. Um, so we're going we're gonna to jump in with a beer that I picked out from... My relatively recent trip to Oregon, it's a beer from Fremont Brewing. They're out of Seattle. It's called Head Full of Dynamite. Uh, I did not mispronounce that. That's how it's spelled. Dynamite. It's a a hazy IPA, 6.8% ABV. And we looked on Untapped, and it has an average rating of 3.98. There's been about 11,460, actually, exactly. About. There's been about that many. Roughly. Um, so I've never had it before. I've only had maybe one or two other beers from Fremont. I visited the tap room a couple years ago up in Seattle, um, and I've had their Dark uh, Dark Star or Dark Lord. I always forget. Dark Star. Okay. Dark Lord is um, another stout, right, from yep. another brewery? Okay. Um, have you had many of their beers, Johnny? Yes, I have. And I've actually had two other iterations of this particular beer, both single hop varietals. Cool. So I'm looking forward to trying this one because the last couple I've had have been pretty good. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a series, you're saying? They do different variations. Yeah, this is a series. Just the head full of dynamite is the blanket term for the beer, and they do different versions with different, like single hop, double hop, uh, dry hopped, all kinds of fun stuff. Well, what are the hops in, in this particular batch? So in this one, uh, if your information is correct. It is. Are you sure? Always. Are you 100% Actually, not sure? always, but right now I am sure. Did you know that there were different versions of this beer before you gathered this information? Yeah, I checked it out. Uh and since my research is being thrown to the wayside, yes, there are a few, and I uh, am almost, I'm like 95% sure this is the correct stuff. Okay, because looking up to make a collage for this episode, there was like 10 different labels for Right, this beer. so like, I remember I looked on um, Beer Advocate, and theirs was like, I think the, the first time they did this was many years ago, and it was like, yeah, it was made with like a single hop thing. I was like, well, that's not correct. Um, mm-hmm. So I tried to figure out, just by looking at people's reviews and the packaging date on this, which is um, uh, February of, of 2019, okay. I figured this is the most recent one, and this is what I found. Nice. Very okay. cool. Well, in that case, this beer was made with Chinook Mosaic and Yukonot. I've never had, uh, if that's, it, yeah, Equinot maybe? 
E K U A N O T. Yeah, but it's more fun to say you cannot. You cannot, sure. I've never had those, I don't think, before. I want to say it's an African hop or Australian. That would be my guess, but you can check me on that. Okay. So according to them, you're going to get uh, an aroma of melon, pine, and lemon, which sounds amazing. Uh, and the flavor there is saying that it's going to be juicy. There's going to be some peach notes and some melon notes. So I am interested to try this. Max, have you tried it? No, I haven't yet. I, uh, I what was are about you doing? To dive in. Well, I was looking up the hops, man. So the, so uh, Equinot, which is I'm, I'm going to double down on because they used to be called the Equinox hop or the Equinox hop, um, which was a pretty popular style. I know I've had that before. Um, and while you give me your first uh, impression of this beer, I'll try to do a little bit more digging and maybe have some actual opinions here. But what do you think of the beer? Uh, I think it's very earthy, like almost like taking a bite out of a russet potato. Oh, really? It's really earthy. Like that that earthy? Um, do you get a lot of that sort of hot presence that you might get from? I mean, it's like we go back to the debate on the hazy IPAs is like if they're too sweet or hoppy enough or if they try to mask sort of a lack of hoppiness with sweetness. Is this pretty balanced or is this more uh, maybe a one one trick pony? This is definitely not balanced. Okay. This is all hops all the time, all up in you. This is hops on the nose, hops on the palate, hops in the aftertaste, yeah. hops in your sleep, sure. hops in your nightmares, <laughs> hops when you wake up in the morning with your coffee pot filled with hops in the filter. Uh, yeah. I can just picture like a Dr. Seuss book on every page. Hops when you sleep. Hops in the morning. That's what that felt like to me. But yep. you're 100% right. It's super hoppy. Um, if I didn't see this beer, I would not have called it a hazy necessarily. Although as I'm speaking, there's a little bit of sweetness that comes from the end. I would call this an unfiltered IPA. I wouldn't call this a hazy IPA. Is that a semantic distinction or is there like an actual categorization there that I'm not aware of? I don't know. Like... I'm yeah. just I'm just saying how I would categorize this to reflect what's in my mouth. Yeah, I guess I just haven't seen... Is um, my pen? I don't know. Yeah, it is my pen. pen. <laughs> um, I haven't seen a hazy IPA, um, or maybe I haven't seen the terminology unfiltered that wasn't also called a hazy IPA. Mm. Like, they sound the same to me. Yeah, um, hazy just has connotations of that juicy... That's true. Yeah. Juice bomb sweetness. So, like... It would be more fair to the actual taste and experience of this beer to call it an unfiltered IPA. Yeah. Even though if they are the same thing, the the connotations of the the verbiage, um, to me, that would be more accurate to this beer. Okay. Yeah. Um, this could pass for a double IPA really easy. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say that probably the most important question in the context of this show is, do you um, enjoy this beer? Or is it uh, more? Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Uh, and then get specific after that, but just in general. Overall, I do. This is a beer that I would have to be in a very specific mood for. Because the earthiness is almost too much. Hmm. I like the hot presence, but it, it almost has like a buttery uh, aftertaste, like a buttered popcorn, but not like diacetyl, like a bad beer. You're going to have to dial up. What did you just say? Because I don't, I certainly don't know what that word meant. Uh, and diacetyl I'm sure somebody else is a, I think it's a bacteria. It might be just a chemical, but it's what happened, uh, what gets put in beer. Um, I think it's a preservative, if I'm not mistaken, but it's something in beer that causes a buttery flavor. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know specifically what diacetyl does in relation to beer. Um, uh, but it definitely brings out the butter because I know it, it specifically has a butter flavor, but also it's used in beer making for something. And, you know, I can't remember what because I sell beer. I sure. don't make it. I just sell it and drink it. So uh, I, I want to throw out uh, just because I did Google it while you were speaking. Um, 
so definitely on the point. Like it, it's associated with buttery, especially like, like artificial butter mm-hmm. um, flavors. People used to put it in like microwavable popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just read what I found here on. Uh, um, what does that say? Tor- <laughs> what is that word right here? Tor Horman Law dot com. And it's under a category called personal injury lawsuits. And it's called diacetyl and popcorn lung. Right. So diacetyl is a, high, <laughs> this is a quote. There's a term as popcorn lung. Diacetyl is a highly toxic compound, chemical compound, that is very dangerous uh, to not only the people who work with it, but also to consumers. Diacetyl exposure can cause permanent, severe, and potentially lethal drug disease in workers. So I, th- I feel like we should throw out. I'm not saying I think there's diacetyl in this. No, there's definitely diacetyl in beer, though. You should Google diacetyl in beer. That's the second thing I got to check out because I because I want to talk more about the uh, the um, the uh, the Equinot hop. But there's a lot more information that I found with one Google search. So maybe we'll touch on that um, after a break when I have a chance to gather thoughts. But we're good at research before the show. I didn't know you. I don't know what I didn't know you're going to say the word diacetyl. It's you a, knew what hops were in the beer, though. That's true. Yeah. Or are they? I don't. They are. They are. Um, well, if they're so. not, your research <laughs> is invalid, and you still have egg on your face. Yeah. Anyways, so you ever put an egg in a beer? No. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Yeah. Just right. asking. Um, so Call it egg or not. Branching off you, I also really like this beer. Uh, I didn't say I really I don't want to just glaze over that pun like I just did. That was a very well-crafted pun, and I'm sorry I didn't really take the time to appreciate it. Egg not, very funny. Um, I like this beer, too. It's not particularly uh, unique to me. It's got a little funk on the aftertaste. Yeah, but I actually think that's what sort of sets it apart. Um, I sort of enjoy that uh, almost like a... Almost like a little, oh, hello. Oh, you think you're done with me? Not quite. I'm still here. Pretty much guarantee that that's a side effect of the Equinot hop. Yeah, maybe, huh? Yeah, no, it, it has to be. Because I'm I'm pretty familiar with the Chinook and Mosaic. Yeah. And there's something there that's not it's that. It's not that. Yep. And Equinox had a really unique flavor, too. Mm-hmm. This one's just like an Equinox hop that's been dragged through the dirt for a few miles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds, sounds close. So I would say... Probably 80% of the time when I reach for a beer and I'm craving something hoppy and fresh, this is a beer that I would gravitate towards. Um, yeah. There's other times where I'd want something hoppy and fresh that was just a bit toned down on the hops. Um, like if this beer was 30% less hoppy, mm. I think it'd be a bit more drinkable. But I also like it because it is kind of um, West Coast IPA hop punch. It's got that feel. Uh, it doesn't have the appearance. It definitely looks like a hazy beer, but it's yeah. it's it's super like West Coast, uh, East Coast style. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's such a weird line that these hazy IPAs have to kind of toe. Is that like, on one hand they can easily become way too hazy and way too sweet and juicy, and where that becomes an overwhelming quality of the beer, and that's all you get. And and on the other hand, they can do kind of what this one is doing, where it's just like just try to destroy your palate with hops, and then kind of throw in like a juiciness at the end. Um, Granted, if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose the latter. This is much more enjoyable than some of those that are just like orange juice in a glass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not I'm not mad at this in any way. I think this is a pretty tasty beer. Uh, excuse me. And very drinkable for what it is. I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really honestly not enjoying the aftertaste. Um, it's just those hops are very unique. Uh, and I think the Equinot might not be my favorite hop. It's It's fine. It's... Better than a lot of hazy beers, but it doesn't hit all those marks. Like I wouldn't call this call this like a New England style IPA or like a hazy beer. Yeah, is it the um, sort of the lack of um, juiciness? Yeah, like the quenchy, the quenching quality yeah. that you get in some of those beers. And this doesn't have that. You're right. It ends. Uh, I wouldn't even say it ends dryly. 
like if you if you take a beer that, or like a wine or something that ends very dry, um, you have sort of that taste in your mouth left over, but it cleans it. Yeah. And this doesn't have that. It kind of just leaves you feeling like like almost like you want to smack your lips together to kind of like get that going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's still good. It's better than a lot of beers that claim to be hazy IPAs, while the profile is not necessarily the most hazy thing I've ever tasted in my life. It's a 6.9. Okay. That seems, yeah, close to what I was going to go with. Um, for what it's worth, if anybody listening, uh, has access to this beer, I think I got it for like probably like six bucks, um, for a pint can. Um, so not cheap, not super expensive. Um, but if you're in Seattle, I'd say go to the brewery and just get a taste of it and see if you like it. And then, you know, buy appropriately. Yeah. What do you rate this beer? I'm going to go seven two. Okay. So I think I like it a little more than you. Um, yeah. but not, you know, not crazy. I'm like, I only bought one can of this and that's not breaking my heart. Sort yeah. of thing. I, I'd like to propose a movement on this podcast, and I've been trying to think about what we should call it. We're You've gonna... had a look on your face for a couple minutes mm-hmm. here. I was like, what yep. is going on in that's your brain today? What, that's what it looks like when I'm thinking. <laughs> I know you don't see it often. Okay, sure. Uh, I propose yes. that we have some sort of arrangement called, I don't know, let's start spitballing. But we'll I'm Workshop gonna, the name. Yeah, we're going to workshop it okay. for you live, not live, but here. But yeah. Uh, uh, no Hazy May. No, I'm just gonna write no. Oh no, okay, I see where you're going. Get yeah, that. haze free May. Uh, you're saying the month of May, the right? The month of May, which okay. is next month. Nope, that's not right at all. Oh, yeah, you missed one. April. Yes. Oh, sh- yeah, yeah. Next month's April. Oh, so I I don't think this changes the philosophy. I think yeah, you're just saying you're burnt out on hazy beers. I think yeah, because every week when we do this show, we have the same conversations about. New England style beers. Yeah, it does feel like we've done like a a weird high number of like pairings between a hazy IPA and then like I'm, a stout. I'm like in the New England style Groundhog's Day of yeah. my nightmares, where we <laughs> the just, Russian doll of yeah, where we IPAs. just you wake up and you're like at Trillium or something. Yeah, but they make good beer. You know, what would be great is if you were saying the opposite and you wanted to do only hazy beers because we call it like we call it like Hazebrel. Hey, yeah, that doesn't actually work that well. I was going to try to combine hazy and April, April, but okay. Yeah. We can try to yeah, lay off of hazy beers in next month. That's fine with me. I'm also a little bit burnt on the style. I yeah. think that's totally fine. Um, if, if, if you're somebody that maybe is listening is like, yeah, you guys do way too many hazy beers preach and you want to hear us do different beers. Like write us in like what, what's a, I know I have a couple in the cellar that I want to do that are not this. Um, I've like a, a sour from Belgium that would be really fun. Um, so let us know what styles we should do instead, because I have some ideas. I'm sure you have some ideas. John. Yeah. And we want to make y'all happy, I guess. I mean, so just to recap, medium. yeah, to recap, that was head full of dynamite dynamite from Fremont Brewing out of Seattle. Uh, it's a 6.9 for you, Johnny, a 7.2 for me. Let's move into flick picks. Let's do it. Do you have, I know it's been, um, sort of a weird week that maybe we'll talk about later. Do you have anything you want to talk about in the flick picks category? Uh, I am going to yield the floor to you because you have had entirely too much free time yep. per use yep. and have consumed a ridiculous amount of content and a lot of which, excuse me, I have consumed as well. Right. Like in the past. Sort yeah. Of. Yep. So I'm going to let you do some flick picks because the, okay. The only thing I've watched in the last week is Waterworld because I watched right, it. Which I when, feel like you should touch on. All right, fine. So my flick pick this week is Waterworld. Great. The 1995 Kevin Costner, Dennis Hopper, post-apocalyptic, dystopian, water world-type adventure. Like famously good and bad. Like, yeah, exactly. Like bad, good. Oh, yeah. It's so bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cheesy and over the top. And 
Uh, it's majestic and it's beautiful and I love it. It's one of yeah. my all-time favorite movies. I knew that about you, yeah, but maybe a lot of people didn't. It's, yeah. it's one of those movies that you either, like, f- for me, I saw it growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. and it just stuck with me. Like, exact I, same. I don't have a way to look at it objectively. I no. just know, like, how certain people, like, how most people feel about it. And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. It seems fine to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's right. awesome. I think it might have been the first time I saw a naked lady butt. Uh, Jean Triplehorn? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when there's, they underwater? I no, assume. Oh. she was above ground. Or water. I just remember that scene where they they dive into the water and like she's freaking out because she's about to run out of air and he's like, no, I can like essentially make out air into your yeah, body because he's a fish man, right? Which nobody knows. Like the big twist. Right? That's why he's got the sweet haircut that you had for a long time. What's that? The with like the long hair with the ponytail drawn back, oh, like a yeah, high totally. pony yeah. with not all of it in it. Right, like yeah. you have like the half up, half down sort of exactly um, Ned Stark kind of look. It was a very dichotomous haircut because yeah. he was also half man and half fish. Whoa, I actually that's what a weird but accurate, yeah. Oh, bro, I've thought, a, I've thought a lot about this movie. <laughs> you didn't think I would have deep insights about Waterworld? You're dead wrong. There's a lot of people in the world that don't want to talk to Johnny about Waterworld, probably. But if you like Waterworld, <laughs> please talk to him because clearly there's a lot to to mine here oh it's majestic i love this movie if you're in the mood for just like some popcorn and a few beers like this is a great movie to one consume when hungover sure. like i was oh great yeah. i was like laying on the couch half alive after you're just, staying like, so up. thirsty and there's water ever be can't drink it because it's the ocean and yeah you're not an idiot exactly yeah and it can't breathe in it either because i'm that. not the cost sure. so <laughs> the cost <laughs> Uh, not just did you put a T or no? The Koss. The Koss. Yeah. Okay, cool. Kev Koss. Kev Koss. That's how we so we call him if you know him. Yeah. Uh he goes by Koss. Uh well that's Waterworld. Yeah. Let's yeah. see it. 1995. I, hey, I started that with one. You have to let me get to two. There was two. I said one. It's great. Yeah. It's been you so long. Hey, now. You don't pay attention. I, I do speak. pay attention sometimes. <sighs> so one, it's great to consume when hungover, laying on the couch, mostly dead. And then you started interrupting me about water you can't I know, drink. I know. Whose fault is this? It's mine. It's fine. Right. All right. And then two, it's a great movie to like, if you have a buddy that's never seen it, you just like sit there and split a six pack and a big bowl of popcorn that's not microwave because popcorn lung. Uh, it's a great movie to consume in either of those states of mind. It's mindless, silly entertainment. And if you've lived this long without seeing it, treat yourself. I feel like what happens is like you say this thing and then I'm like so excited to like um, like imagine that I'm there with you. Then I'm like uh, like you're saying about like being hungover on a couch. I'm like man, I've I've been hungover. I've been on a couch. Maybe mm-hmm. I should throw in my two cents and then it completely just misses me like oh wait, no, he's in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> should just yeah. pull it reel it in uh, so to speak. Our minds But yes. Yeah, our minds work faster than our mouths. Absolutely. Uh, before you get to your flick picks, I yep. want your number one go-to off the top of your head. Oh, this is Are you ready? Up. No, I don't know. Okay, what you're well, listen. Me, but I'm ready. Off the top of your head, what do you put on if you're on the couch hungover? Go. Netflix. Um office. Okay. That's where I go. Or probably not a video game. But if I'm hungover on the couch, don't have anything to do, um, and don't want to watch anything critically, especially in the past year or two, mm-hmm. yeah, probably The Office. Okay. Or some office adjacent Okay. Type All right. Same question. Movie. Oh, uh, I don't have one. Uh, maybe I used to, but nowadays I don't really watch movies that I, I, I very rarely have I watched a movie that I've seen before. Although I did watch Widows recently. Mm-hmm. Which we covered on the show. Is that a segue into your flick pick? If you don't mind. Waterworld's dead now. Okay. Max killed it. So I've seen a couple of things. Um, number one, like I just mentioned, is Widows. Gianna had never seen it. It came to all the best and we rented it because it was, you know, one of those very popular movies for a while there and um, much better on a second viewing, if you ask me. I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of it when we covered it on the show. Um, 
But if you were maybe somebody who also had seen it once, didn't love it, but thought it had potential. Do you like this view? Check it out again. That was tough. Like there's like some really, really close up shots, particularly of Liam Neeson kissing, uh, which doesn't do it for me. Were you um, taken by it? Nice. I was not. It was like so it was so intense. And it was like like one of the first shots of the movie. It's him and uh, Viola Davis like making out. It was, uh, n- that was not better on the second watch, but I'm going to get through a couple here. Um, what I had written down for this was, was Marrowbone. It's a 2017 horror film by Sergio G. Sanchez. It's, um, a very, very good movie. It, I, it's almost impossible to talk about without spoiling it. So I won't say much, but if you are a horror movie person or, um, a psychologically minded person, I'm a horror movie person. You are. So Marrowbone is M-A-R-R-O-W-B-O-N-E. There's a there's a great cast of people that deliver a very fascinating story filled with twists and um, a lot of very interesting things. I really am trying to say nothing about it because it's one of those movies that if you can go in blind, you absolutely should. Um, I also got a chance to catch up with two documentaries from, from last year, which are uh, Free Solo, the one that won the Oscar, about the guy that uh, rock climbed... El Capitan and Yosemite Without Ropes. That film just won uh, an Academy Award for Best Documentary. Now who's not listening? Yes, it did. Um, and then did I also you say watched, that yeah, first. Of course yeah. it did. And then, but you were doing proper business. For I was stuff. Instagramming yeah. your beautiful so face. I appreciate that. I also watched Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the Fred Rogers documentary. I forgot you didn't see that. No, and I'm like one of the few oh people God. that didn't see it. Um, Can we talk about it now, please? Uh, sure. Yeah. I think we should spend the most time on this because. Oh my God, that was moving. I know. So I, it was so good. You, you never watched it growing up, right? Like, All the time. I was constantly okay. on Mr. Rogers. So I didn't, I had never heard of it. Like I was on that Mr. Rogers tip, dog. Right. You were in that neighborhood. That's right. Um, so I was it, his neighbor. What was interesting for me is that like, I had no attachment particularly to this man. Oh, okay. I went in. So it was, for me, it was like. You had pure objectivity. Yeah. So it was going to be like, all right, let's see objectively what this guy did. And yeah. You can't help it. There's something about him and the way he approached just his general, uh, just his general psychology towards life. It's just like, he's so sweet. Um, and it makes you miss something that you never had. And it's it, right. It's like even more, you're more conscious of a hole that's in you that like you didn't realize was there. And, um, it's a beautifully crafted film. If you haven't had a chance to see it yet, it should be available a lot of places. Um, and it's really, really good. Mm hmm. It was so good. And he was so woke. Right. He was he was breaking breaking down walls and like in a time like one the one story that was really amazing was the story around the time like segregation was still like a thing. And at one it was during the like time the show was on the air that a hotel owner uh, poured acid on a black family in his pool. Yep. Um and like the next week on uh, Mr. Rogers' show, he was uh, had like a little kiddie pool, and was had his feet in his pool with his mailman who was black, and it was like a crazy, like controversial thing at the time. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, like sometimes people will make jokes, like, "Hey, like uh, I don't know what the joke would be." Like people make jokes about black people not being able to swim, mm-hmm. um, and that whole joke is, I feel even calling it a joke, but like. That whole premise is based around this idea that at one point in history, black people were not allowed in white people's swimming pools. Yeah. It makes me hate those jokes. And we're the only ones that had swimming pools. Right. Yeah. So then, so you have like a moment like that where they show him inviting a person of color into his little kiddie pool to just cool off his feet. 
And it's great. Not even the people in the audience knew how important that was at the time. Yeah. And then you have other stories that unfold in that documentary, like the the kid uh, in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. I was yeah. I was just emotionally done by right? the end. It was so tough, um, but not tough like in a draining way. Like tough, just like it it called out parts of my emotions that I'm not used to seeing in a documentary where I don't know anything about the subject. And that's how endearing of a person that he was. Yeah, it's great. Like, I grew up having a relationship with that man. Like, he was my friend. Like, yeah. I watched him every week. That's great. Yeah. And so for you to have that same kind of connection in just the initial consumption of his story, mm-hmm. is that's, that's, that's a testament to what kind of person he was. Yeah. So again, that is uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. It's a documentary. You can find it for sure on Amazon Prime. If you're in Chico, you can rent it at all the best if you'd like to. And I highly recommend you do. Very lastly is a, a film that I've been wanting to catch up on for, uh, well, I've been wanting to see it for like three or four years, but it's been out since uh, 2007. It's a film called Zodiac, uh, directed by David Fincher. It's about the Zodiac killer from the uh, uh, 60s to 90s, roughly. Um, and it stars a whole bunch of people, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, who else? Do you can think of anybody off the top of your head? I can check it out. No, here. I can't. Okay. I just remember uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Was right. Robert Downey Jr., um, Brian Cox, Anthony Edwards, uh, Chloe Sevigny's in it. There's a whole bunch of people. Oh, she's and great. It's, it's like this very picturesque like playbook for a neo-noir film. It's fantastic. It's it's like the seediest. Like, oh, it's, it's a great movie. It's like two hours and I think like 35 minutes long. So it's a bit of a bit of an endeavor, but it's a almost perfectly made film. It's very gritty. It's suspenseful. It's the performances are fantastic. It's also was released at a time where Robert Downey Jr. was basically playing himself, like an alcoholic mm. sort of aggressive dude. This is like pre Iron Man, barely, mm. um, but an interesting movie for sure. Lots of twists to keep you going. And if you haven't seen it, it's streamable on Netflix, and it's very good. Word, I like it. That's Zodiac. I should revisit that. I haven't seen it in yeah, ages. It's great. It's like, like textbook. Uh, crime thrillers. And I feel like I didn't really start watching movies critically until we started this podcast. Like yeah. I had opinions, but they were usually like, that's good. That's good or bad. That's yeah. bad. You ever notice how like, so like um, we're both on letterbox, which is sort of a movie diary mm-hmm. uh, in its simplest form. And there I'll be like trying to see if I've, I've gone through and checked movies, if I've watched them or not. Yeah. And some are like, I know this is a good enough movie that I saw as a kid, but like, should I count it as seeing it? And, I will just say I haven't seen it. Yeah. There's movies I know I've seen. I think it, I told you one earlier, but I can't remember what it was. I've done that too. Same thing. Cause they'll, you can go through Letterboxd and they have like the suggestions. Yeah. Totally. And I'm like, I have seen that, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch it critically. Yeah. Right. Like I had it on in the background. Right. Like that doesn't deserve a check that I watched. Right. It. Exactly. So that's where, where I was at. So I'm trying to like work through these, my watch list, which has like 90 movies, like yeah. pretty, pretty important movies. Um, well, once my life calms down, yeah. I'm going to get back to doing my, what was it? We decided on the IMDb top uh, 100. I think we did AMC. AMC yeah. top 100 yeah. of all time. I'm going to guarantee that I will be back to that by next week. That's great. Um, speaking of movies uh, and the opposite of uh, old movies, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel, which is like the 21st. Oh, you said that because it just came out. Yes. What? Or 22nd movie in the Marvel Cinematic <sighs> Universe. So many. Um, we'll check on the break and have an actual number when we come. Maybe. I don't know. We might. Cares? There's just like a it, lot of them. <laughs> does it matter? Uh, somebody's going to write in and be like, it matters. Yeah, Austin. And, sure. No, it doesn't. But Shut if, up. If Austin says it, then I'm sure it does. No, it doesn't. Um, so we're going to take a break, come back, talk about Captain Marvel. If you haven't seen it yet, we're not going to spoil it. So don't worry about that. But we do encourage you to go see it because I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. 
If you're a listener of this podcast and you haven't been to the Handlebar in Chico and you live in Chico, I don't understand your mentality and I would highly encourage you to change that because the Handlebar is a wonderful craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street and they have a fantastic happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all of their draft beers. Once again, that's the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. So actually, before we get to the movie, we wanted to circle back around and tell you about the things we said we were going to tell you about, namely the Equinot Hop and Diacetyl. It's a good thing to do when we tell people yeah. to do things. Yeah. Uh, why don't you go first, man? What is what is Diacetyl? Just I know we covered mostly, but just to be clear, how does it relate to beer? Uh, diacetyl is a uh, thing that is made by beer. It's a byproduct of fermentation. A chemical byproduct. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically um, beer waste, and it's something that if not addressed... Uh, perfectly in beer can lead to off flavors. Yeah. And oftentimes like buttery popcorn, sort of yep. not a good flavor. That is the biggest red flag indicator of diacetyl. Fair enough. a buttery or butterscotch flavor. So the Equinot hop, uh, which like we said earlier, used to be the Equinox hop, um, changed its name to Equinot in 2016. There's no official story here, but uh, the speculation in the beer beer world is around that the beer world, around the rolled beer water cooler um, is that it's it's a conflict of interest and maybe trademark with Lagunitas their Equinox ale Equinox ale mm-hmm. um, again couldn't find confirmation for that but a lot of people sort of assume Lagunitas has um, lawyers a history of suing for things that they think are their own uh, copyright properties so. Anyways, I have no comment. I plead the fifth on that. Fair enough. The uh, the the hop itself, uh, when it was called Equinox, made its kind of first debut in a draft only beer from our ours truly Sierra Nevada. It was their audition sixty six pale ale. It was again draft only, never distributed. Most people never had it, and it wasn't until two thousand and twelve that it was used commercially with the for you and I, Johnny, infamous Ruthless Rye. Blur. Yeah, I'm not a fan. A lot of people like swear by it. Blur. There was that short run of sweatshirts when that beer was being made. Um but they went on to Sierra Nevada did went on to use it in their single single hop, some of their single hop IPAs from then on and they still use it in beers today. There was no follow up to that, just that they made sweatshirts. Yeah, I mean like you see people sorry, the 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 um <laughs> connection was like people love it like enough to buy the sweatshirts. Yeah. Which I don't understand because like I've only had it a couple times but I'm not a fan of rye IPAs in general. No. I think that it's a weird combination. I drank a whole pitcher of that beer once at uh, Bella's Wings. That's why so I hate I it. <laughs> drank a pitcher of it with hot wings. Oh, yeah. What do you think happened? Hop- yeah, nothing good. Nothing Hoppy, good. Hoppy beer and spicy food for me is like a terrible pairing anyways. Oh, if you get like a nice spicy, like a burrito with pickled jalapenos on the side mm-hmm. with a nice IPA. No, see, I can't do it. Really? What's well, you, what like, do you go for for like a beer? Like a like a Mexican style lager. Or so something. something lighter. But maybe like a real hoppy IPA, but the ones that get a little bit fruitier really oh, don't work. You don't want fruit. You want right. like a, a good single hop or something. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's the Equinot Hop, and that was Diacetyl from earlier. Now, on to Captain Marvel. Yeah, hit me with that trailer, Max. So, Skrulls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree. A race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Thank you. 
question. Yes. That is the trailer for Captain Marvel, the newest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This film was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. It stars Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. A digitally uh, re-aged Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury with two eyeballs. Unaged. Sure. Yeah. Uh, ben Mendelsohn plays Talos. Jude Law plays, uh, for real, Jan Rog. Uh, and Clark Gregg plays Agent Coulson, who we have seen over the past... I don't know, 10, 15 years. Agent Coulson? Coulson? Is it Coulson? It's Coulson. I don't know, man. Um, Jude Law's character kind of plays Brie Larson's um, Cree commander slash mentor fella that trains her to use her powers, and they can be taken away by the supreme intelligence. And Ben Mendelsohn plays Talos. He's a, he's a scroll and wants bad things to happen. So the overarching plot here is our main character, Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, is trapped in an interdimensional war between two races, both fighting for their own reasons, and hers is a struggle to find out which side of good is she on. Right. And and, and so I'll just read the uh, the Rotten Tomato synopsis here. It says Captain Basically Marvel. Basically the same thing. Yeah, is an extraterrestrial Cree, K-R-E-E, warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle, as you said, between her people and the Skrulls. This film takes place in 1995, and she keeps having recurring memories of another life as a U.S. Air Force pilot, Carol Danvers. Uh, with the help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil scrolls. Um, so this came out on March 8th, 2019. It runs uh, just over two hours long, which felt short for what I expected. As of March 10th, it's made $153.4 million domestically, and it's rated PG-13. For action and stuff. Mm-hmm. For space violence. Did you like this movie? I did. All right. I liked it. Uh, I had a pretty strong desire to not go see it because it's the 20-whatever. We didn't find out. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> did our other research. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's the 20-something. Like, we're in the 20-somethings yeah. of Marvel films. Uh, hopefully, they mature in their 30s and really just lay off the champagne. So, this film, I felt like... I was gonna know exactly what was happening i feel like i had already seen it so it was difficult for me to find motivation because marvel films have become very very formulaic and there's just these sequential boxes that need to get checked uh in order for it to be a marvel film and there's no stakes because we already know that captain marvel comes back or right. is paged by sure. you know what's his name uh nick fury fury yeah. In the most recent Avengers movie, the Thanos one. 
So we know she's on her way. We we know that she's an important factor in the next couple movies. So this backstory has like basically zero stakes. So yeah, and it's important to point out like we've not seen this character, so it it is by the book an origin story. So exactly, you have to understand how this character came to be and how how she gets her superpowers and what her motivation is. And I think in that respect, it's it's better than average. Sure, um, I've seen worse origin stories for sure. Um, with less compelling characters and villains and whatnot. But, yeah. But at the end of the day, it is that. I think it was well done. Yeah. I really enjoyed the kind of universe and mythology in which this this movie takes place. Uh, the Kree are cool looking. They are really like super good at battle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely elements of this movie I like. Is it predictable? Yes. Is it fun and a good time and leaves you feeling uplifted and inspired? Yes. Right. Is it super awesome that Brie Larson is the first female lead in a Marvel film and young girls have a whole new role model and she's amazing at this? Yeah. That's like the best part of this movie is that Brie Larson is awesome. That seems right to me. So yeah. I give Brie Larson a 10 and I'm not going to rate this movie a 10. So sure. yeah, okay. Brie Larson sure. gets a 10 and I love that, you know, I like female superheroes. Like I could see this being an inspiration to a lot of young, uh, young girls and you know, young boys, whatever. Like it's good yeah. to see diversity on sure. the screen. So this movie won in a lot of regards in my mind, just because of that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like you're saying like well-made inspiring for sure across the board to whoever's watching it. I would assume um, the things that I think it did particularly well is that you have sort of this overpowered superhero and it'd be so easy to imagine a world where instead of maybe a villain who's a little bit given a backstory, like I think the one in this movie is, um, where you just have sort of a CGI monster that you'd mm -hmm. have to battle. I'm so glad they didn't go that route. Looking at you, Justice League. Right. Or like the Batman versus Superman thing where mm -hmm. Gal Gadot makes her, or Wonder Woman makes her appearance. They have to fight like a, I don't know where, like space monster thing. I don't get it. Um, even in Wonder Woman, the movie, like by the end, there's a big CGI battle with, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, it's not Damocles. Ares. Ares. Yeah. Um, which is not to say like Marvel's immune to this. Like I feel like the Age of Ultron battle was kind of lame. Um, because yeah. it's just like minions and like one minion that kind of looks like is the boss, so looks a little bit. Cooler. Some of the Thor movies did that. Like, uh, uh what was examples, the Dark yeah. World? Sure. Yeah. That one's so not memorable. Yeah. Like, so I think I think they've really found their stride here, and I think the fact that they did throw in a couple twists and and the characters that are in this are pretty well developed and, and diverse, which is more to your point of inspiration that people might be seeing this or having. Um, I think pretty well done overall. I also really thought it was cool seeing like the, the Cree technology. That was fun. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of cool things in this universe. I also learned that in order to call outer space, all you have to do is like rewire a, a game boy or yeah. Or like a, a phone booth. Like you just connect different wires. She like, connected a, a phone booth to a game right. boy. But later like, like, you see her like in a basement and it's like, just like the, the red, the like yellow and orange wires. Yeah. Just, just like out of the box. Like that's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can so call whatever. space, bro. I know it's not important, but that kind of bothered me. So one thing that I did not even expect to say about this movie i really enjoyed the writing uh like dialogue yeah stuff? yeah a lot of the dialogue was really well written and like the cast had some legitimate chemistry like yeah i liked a lot of the interpersonal relationships and dialogue it was very believable i think jude law is a great guy for that role sure, sure. Uh, he just brings a lot of acting merit to the marvel universe like classical acting so i think having him injected as 
a character in this this character in Captain Marvel's storyline is it adds a lot. Um, but yeah, the writing, dude, like there was so many interactions that were there was a couple that were cheesy and over yeah. the oh, top, yeah, sure. but also like a lot of the interactions felt very genuine. And I think that I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel, a la like the comic books right. and how she's supposed to be written. But Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is a very like sarcastic, like witty, not um, very stereotypical superhero yeah, female definitely uh she has her own opinion and she's very open about it and very rebellious and i really liked her dialogue and a lot of the lines that she came off with were not what i expected so i like being surprised by the dialogue in a marvel movie like that was maybe the the most surprising uh enjoyable thing about this movie for me yeah agreed i think there's um this movie had a lot of things that um I think Brie Larson as an actress has been very active on Twitter and stuff about sort of calling out um, misogyny and sort of one-sided um, expectations when it comes to superhero films. I remember mm-hmm. there was a point where somebody on Twitter was like in response to the poster to this movie, like she should be smiling. And then Brie Larson photoshopped smiles onto like Captain America and Thor. And like the goofiest looking like, He's like this weird double standard that people don't seem to have for men superheroes. Yeah. That's such an annoying thing. Right. That so they yeah. smile more. And they incorporated that into the movie. There's yeah. a guy on the motorcycle. Hey, you got to smile for me, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that they did that. I also like, it's probably worth noting her costume is like, could have been, I hate that I have to phrase it. Like could have been a, a man's suit basically. Like, well, to say it in another way, it yeah. was very not sexualized. Yeah. It was great. It um, was dope. And it wasn't, I read this really, really awesome thread. I think it was on Facebook, but there was sort of like a Comic-Con-esque meeting and the guy that invented, um, not Stan Lee, but like one of the original artists for like Spider-Woman or Spider-Man, like those, that whole thing was mm-hmm. there. And somebody gave him an original drawing of it from the guy that like made it up or I don't know. My details yeah. are not clear, but it was like an incredibly sexual thing where like you could see every single part of Spider-Woman like hunched over a wall, like leg spread kind of thing. Mm. Um and it turned into this viral thing where people were commenting on Reddit and stuff and turning into like what how to explain to people why this is why women superheroes are not given agency and are more just items of um viewable sexual pleasure for male consumers. Yeah, there's fascinating. There's that thing where like, oh, she can do all that cool stuff and she's hot. Right. You know? It's like who who is this person for? Yeah. And it's for like the nerds that read comics and yeah. i think boys are groomed to like consume women that way because of comics which For is sure. so shitty you know and i'll give it to to marvel universe and and gal gadot like her wonder woman is amazing yeah you know but there's no way around it if you know anything about the history of wonder woman it was and always probably will be a very sexualized character well i think that's a huge telling point too like we watched the original or not the original wonder woman obviously but the but the gal gadot version which mm-hmm. was directed by patty jenkins mm-hmm. and then the next movie that she was cast in was justice league yeah which was directed by somebody else and there was a, a blatant moment i think she's in like the first scene of justice league and it's like a slow pan up on her from her feet up on the backside of her so you almost like look up her skirt and it's like this was not in the other movie. Right. Something is getting lost in translation here. Like, I don't understand, but I appreciate the point is Marvel, like taking the route they did here and like maybe catching up with the times a little bit. Well, my point was just as, as a character, her overall persona, because you can even look at the Patty Jenkins version because she's still wearing the same outfit. That's true. You know what I mean? Uh, Just her as objectively as a character in these universes, Captain Marvel is much less sexualized and more performance based 
but also is, you know, a, to me personally, speaking out of my own mind here, is objectively attractive, like, and super witty and sarcastic and that's, those amazing. Qualities, yeah. You know, those are great qualities. It's yeah, just, yeah. That's why we love each other. Sure. <laughs> she's, but yeah, she's like, she's extremely witty, can handle whatever's thrown at her, very courageous, like all these qualities you'd want in somebody to admire. And it's not just like eye candy, which is great. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I want to spoil some more stuff but, or some stuff in general. And I, uh, Siri, hello. I don't know why you decided to speak. Hey, what's up? I'm here. Um, but I want to save that obviously till the danger zone. Do you have anything else you want to talk about um, before we rate it? Um, well, I think we should make a case for why people should or not sh- should or should not see this movie uh, because of what I said earlier about how the Marvel universe has become very formulaic and predictable. Uh, do you think this is a movie that people should see in theaters or wait till they rent? Well, so speaking as somebody who saw it in like the XD mega theater here in Chico, like there's something to be said for watching it on a big screen it's with pretty great cool. sound. Like it's a movie that takes place equally between earth and outer space. And there's people that fly and shoot lasers and there are monsters like that's objectively usually is a movie to see in theaters. I think, I think if you're interested in all in seeing this movie, try to see it in theaters. It's probably worth your time. I would say if you want to enjoy this movie um, quietly. Is that possible? Well, yeah. If you're not in a theater full of children. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. Me? Yeah. Yeah. It's very possible. I had a good time because uh, the children in my theater were awesome. Yeah. And like super into it. And there was two small children behind me and the probably seven-year-old sister like viciously shushed a five-year-old. Oh, that's great. I'm like, girl, Raise I'm going to refill your popcorn. <laughs> um, so I don't know. There's there's merit to both, but I think it is worth a watch in theaters because it does break some of the tropes in of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. I think this movie is fairly unique, and I think it is in probably the top seven Marvel movies so far. I know that's a bold statement, but I think I stand behind it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I'm going to look up my list here of my rankings, but... Yeah, so I would say go see it in the theater if you want. I mean, you can wait to rent it, but but I would say watch it. It's an important movie. Um, like, if you have a daughter, this movie is important to your daughter. I think it goes both it. ways. Or, what do you mean? Daughter or son. Yeah. For for almost every reason. Yeah, it's like, good for kids. That's yeah, it's, fair. It's, it's, a different, it's a different female superhero than most people. Um, certainly people our age, certainly kids like 10 to 18 also. I think kids nowadays, like kids that are two and three, they're going to grow up on sort of this new age of superheroes are going to have better role models. But I think if you have a son or a daughter and you want your daughter to have somebody to look up to or your son to have somebody to look up to and respect and uh, not consume, definitely good. For sure. Um, But also on the point of what you're saying in terms of just Marvel criteria, like not particularly new stuff. Yeah. Um, If you're a Marvel fan that wants to know what's going to happen in in Infinity War Part 2, of course you got to go see this. Mm -hmm. Um, as just like a movie nerd in general, I'm still kind of burnt out on superhero movies. I get really jazzed when they come out because I'm into the whole thing and we have to talk about it. So I get fired up, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch this again, probably. Yeah. But it's good to see. So totally. if you're not going to go watch, I don't know, an indie film, like if you're not going to turn on Blue Velvet tomorrow, go see this. It's yeah. There's a great cat. We haven't talked about the cat. Well, we'll talk about the cat in the day. Okay. I also want to just quick shout out to Shauna. We saw it together in our Patreon Slack chat. Threw it out there. Shauna showed up. Gianna and Shauna and I saw it, which is a very pleasing order of names to say. Gianna and Shauna. Um, so shout out. Very fun. And Max. And me. 
uh, kind of ruin the whole chain there. Yeah. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about our second and final beer. It's a stout, uh, third stout in a row on the show. And Johnny, you have not liked the past two, so I'm hoping this one breaks the mold. And this is like the 10th episode in a row where you forget that this is the segment that we rate the movie. And in. so we should rate the movie before we go there. It is. It feels like it happens all the time. Every time. But I appreciate you having my back. You know, my I got you because you have uh, just beat it into me off air. I don't understand. That we, uh, we have a format and we need to stick to I don't it. I why and, I can't catch the movie. You know. I don't want you to take your belt off. Please don't hit me. Deal. Let's rate this movie. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to confirm then on my Marvel list of rankings, this movie actually falls number nine for me. Okay. Um, if you're interested, the ones before that are Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War Part 1, Avengers, Spider-Man Homecoming, Iron Man 1, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, then Civil War, then this. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think this should be before Civil War. So mm. eight or nine for me. Okay. Um. So therefore, my rating, I think of this as like a solid eight. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to give it a seven, two. All right. I think it's a respectable rating. It was a solid movie. It's not going to um, surprise you, but it is an important movie. And Brie Larson's amazing. I think she is the reason you see this film. Uh, she carried it. She made it. She is it. Uh, she is going to be one of the more important characters in the next decade of the Marvel comic universe. Sure. So this origin story will become increasingly important as these movies progress. Uh, and I think the groundwork for her to be a total badass has been laid. So Agreed. Seven, two for you. Yep. Eight for me. Okay. When we come back, thank you. We're going to spoil this movie. We're going to review our second beer and we're going to get personal with a uh, hot and bothered. So stick around. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Dangerous times. We are here again. It feels like, man, what a familiar place to be. Oh. The dangery danger zone. You know, I'm tingly with excitement. Uh, one more reminder. We are going to spoil Captain Marvel in just a little bit. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go see it. But pause the show first. You don't want to miss any of this gold. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of those bits of gold is that we're going to cover our second beer, uh, of the night. It's called Coffee Tompkins. It's from Three Magnets out of Olympia, Washington. It's a stout. It's 10.1%. Um, and it's brewed with a bit of coffee from Olympia Coffee Roasters. It's their Ethiopia Kadane. It's their natural uh, single origin coffee. And I'm excited because I'm a big fan of Ethiopian coffees. Um, and I'm also excited because I picked it out. And I know that you've had it once, if I'm not mistaken. I have. And you're just trying to pick a stout that I won't hate. Yeah, well, like last week, I got something with with lactose, which is a surefire of something you're not going to like because you can't really drink too much of it. And then the week before was sort of rough, I think. I can't remember what it was, but not ideal. Oh, it was the uh, hoof-hearted. Yes, it was. Sack of nickels. That was a sack of nickels week. It feels yeah. like a long time ago. Bloody sack of nickels. A lot going on. Um, in any case, you've had this stout before. Yes. When? Where? How was it? While back at my house, it's pretty good. Okay. <clears throat> Have you ever had this beer before? No, never. Have, so I was excited to hear you talk about your first experience. Yeah, man. I I've I like this brewery a lot. They've made some really cool IPAs, and uh, they're mostly everything I've had from them has been super killer. Uh, I really, really am a fan of this brewery. So, uh, what do they say on their website here? Let's see. They not, say not a whole lot, man. Nope. Wait. I want to stop it. you there because yeah. it's basically just what everything you just I said. talked about. Yeah. yeah, it's ten percent and it's not barrel aged, so that's a good sign. Yeah, and I actually so after my first drink, I feel like that sort of does come through a little bit. It super does not taste like ten point one percent, but it 
also doesn't feel super thick. It's got a nice nose. Mm-hmm. It's balanced. I get a little bit of heat on the nose and a ton of coffee. Yes, it's super it smells coffee. sweet. It's got like a little bit of a vanilla note to it. It smells like a vanilla mocha latte. What is so? I'm sorry, a vanilla latte. Okay, great. Yeah. Sometimes people actually put that on menus. Like you'll see that on a menu in a coffee shop. It's like mocha latte. It's like those are two different drinks. It's like saying burger hot dog. That's well, but no, not different. necessarily because mocha always just means coffee and chocolate. Right? Not in the context of a of a coffee shop, but mocha is an item to order. Yeah, yeah. But like by and large, doesn't like mocha flavor just mean chocolate and coffee? Uh, yes, probably. So, but if it's on a menu at a coffee shop, I get it. A mocha and a latte are completely different drinks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So all that to say, have you had this kind of coffee? Uh, this particular from Olympia, no, but, but of course I've had Ethiopia coffee. Um, I don't know what the Kadane part is. That might be a, uh, a region specific. So you as the, the self-proclaimed coffee nerd, because I'm proclaiming you that. Sure. And I am self. That's my my pronoun today. (laughs) Um, what are the characteristics of the Ethiopian coffee and what should we expect it to do to this beer? It's everything that you hate personally. Okay. It's, It's the fruitiness. It's the lack of um, chocolatey nuttiness. There is still some there, but front and center, you're going to get, um, depending on the region of Ethiopia, uh, something like strawberries, raspberries, or if you go further south, I think um, closer to like a blueberry, blackberry sort of thing. Okay. Um, and for this one in particular, I do feel like it's more of the um, blackberry sort of thing. There's there's a little bit of sweetness going on, and it comes into the coffee part of this beer pretty well that was my next question is what is this ethiopian coffee doing to this stout yeah man i mean do you do you taste that sweetness coming in like i get blackberries like a like a overripe blackberry totally it's like super juicy i like Um, a juicy berry like whereas um if you take a beer like we had uh last week the eight wired stout you uh i think that was with coffee as well but it was a very bitter sort of coffee it's coffee and vanilla yeah right Um, and i feel like even with the vanilla there was still a lot of the sort of um pithy coffee berry sort of taste to it. And this doesn't have that for me. It's more, more juicy and more, um, I, I would say palatable and enjoyable, but not everybody feels that way about Ethiopian coffee. So whatever. juicy is a very strange adjective. Isn't it? Yeah. To, to, to apply to a stout. That's so British. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, Isn't it? But, right. But, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I, I don't entirely disagree with that. Is mm-hmm. this beer is, um, it's really like robust. Like it's very, it fills your mouth with flavor. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's intense. It's a very intense beer. It's very thin. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of getting at in the beginning when you were saying 10.1% and, um, not barrel age, like there is sort of a lack of body, but I feel like the flavors that this is given off is sort of making up for that. Um, I'm almost worried that if this were barrel aged or a little bit heavier, I would lose some of the lightness that I would get from like a, a light roasted Ethiopian coffee. Yeah. And this, this beer is very enjoyable. Yeah. I'm really liking what the coffee does to it. It's giving it enough of like the fruitiness without like the tartness of like the coffee, maybe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I was drinking this coffee by itself, I might not enjoy it. But right. you mix that with like the roasted malt flavor of this beer, uh, it really produces a nice flavor. It's a good pairing. Yeah, this this can is from October of 2018. So we're, we're about five months in. Um, and I, I think this would probably age well, but I don't think that it needs to. This, mm-hmm. this tastes great to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked that we got this. No, this is this is a great beer. You yeah. have totally redeemed yourself. Huzzah! Cool. Um, and I think it was the same, more or less, as the uh, the Fremont beer price-wise. It's, it's a pint can. I think it was like six. You know, it might have been closer to 10, um, but no more than 10. I remember that. All right. So, I like this beer. Yeah. Um, 
and I rate it as I would rate any other beer against the peers of its style. Sure. This is a non-barrel-aged stout with coffee. Uh, and as far as all the non-barrel-aged stouts with coffee I've had, uh, this beer feels like a solid eight flat. Nice. Okay. It's it's upper echelon non-barrel-aged stouts. This is well worth the money if came across in the wild or if you get to their brewery, try it on draft. Uh, highly recommend if you see this beer, buy it and consume it. I like it uh, for the fact that it does feel kind of like a lighter, uh, more drinkable stout, but it also does pack that 10.1% punch, which you can't beat that. Uh, highly drinkable uh, and definitely would recommend. Young Maxwell. I was going to say that I have similar thoughts, but the fact that I'm I'm sort of calculating for the lack of barrel aging almost makes me give it more Yeah. Uh, in terms of rating because there's such a, it, well, seemingly smaller market. Um, the fact that I'm getting so much flavor and so much, um, so many angles mm-hmm. from this non-barrel aged beer almost like kind of shoves it towards the top of my list for what I would reach for for a non-barrel aged but weirdly high ABV, extremely flavorful beer. Yeah. Like I'm gonna give it a nine. I like it. This is great. The only thing I don't like is the aftertaste. Um, really? It's been like because I was about to say this is a very pleasant aftertaste. Really? So, so uh, did you just have a drink? Yeah. So I've been about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes without a drink, and it's sort of settling into like a stale sort of um, like a tang. Yeah, like just right kind of where like where the sides of my tongue in the back, like um, I don't know something that's not great. So. I don't want to go higher than a nine, but it's a really, really good beer. Okay. Um, and I'm really into it. I'm glad we bought it. Um, yeah. But non- nine, nine is where I'm going to stay. No complaints about this beer. Yeah. Again, that's Coffee Tompkins from Three Magnets out of Olympia, Washington. Get it if you can. Yeah. And that was your coffee education for yeah. free. Yeah. You're right. welcome. Go get yourself an espresso <laughs> and a mocha and a latte, but I'll not just but stick not them a, all in the same hey, glass. Hey, hey, but not a mocha latte. Sure. So hot and bothered. Yeah. Let's get into this. Um, uh, I don't have a whole lot this week. Um, oh, I do. Yeah, so I'm going I'm to leave you that space. I will just say my fiance Gianna is out of town for her birthday. She went to Southern California to hang out with her sister. Word. Um, and that's where she is. So I've got sort of the house to myself, and I've been doing a lot of like scrubbing the cracks of like where the where the stove meets the counter, like that kind of that sort of uh, meticulous. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm doing lately, and I like I, it. I'm, in, I'm into it. Nice. What yeah, about you? Uh, this has been an awful week. Sure. Uh, you might have concluded. Concluded? Sure. Is that? Depending on where you're going, yeah. No, that, you, that you work. concluded that from last week's episode? Oh. No. Yeah, well, eh. if you follow us on social media, you know <clears> that, <throat> that our schedule's been off because this this episode that we're spe- speaking on now is going to be earlier this week and then the no, fight last with week. my family. Yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah. I uh, was going to be today. Yeah. Uh, effectively yeah we had pre-recorded the the fighting with my family episode to drop uh this week because captain marvel was very current sure uh but as we were sitting down doing our pre-production getting ready to do the captain marvel episode i got a phone call with some really bad news and um the week kind of got turned on its head uh yeah so we're gonna take the podcast down a little bit not to get terribly serious but my week's been awful um monday when we were recording uh, i got a phone call and it was my uncle uh calling me telling me that shalina's mother had took her own life taken her own life um and that kind of set into motion um an event 
you know, that event set into motion a week that has been very difficult and very trying for the whole family. And it's been a lot of us supporting each other and me trying to keep Shalina, my wife, in a, a positive headspace and a lot of processing and just dealing, just dealing, you know, with, with tragedy and uh, trying to maintain. And it's been a really terrible week and it is really great to sit down with Max and kind of shake the dark aura of my psyche for the last few days. So that's been on my plate. Um, this is the first time that I've been directly touched by suicide. Thank goodness, honestly. Um, but it is something I've never felt so directly. And it's uh, one of the most interesting and compelling and weird and shocking thing that's ever happened. Um, because it sparked so many interesting conversations about mental health and self-care and depression and anxiety and uh, conversations that need to happen. And I think that out of tragedy, if you can surmise anything, it would be that self-care is really important and that asking for help is really important. And being okay with not being okay is where you need to be and realizing that that's okay. Um, so it's been a terrible week, but, you know, Days go by and life goes on, uh, and we take away from it what we can. Obviously, it was not someone immediately directly related to me. It was my mother-in-law, but still, I mean, if it's someone you know and is a part of your family, even by marriage, uh, it makes things difficult. And I'm pretty close with Shalina's dad, so it's been interesting and heartbreaking trying to support him through this. So I appreciate you guys letting me rant. I know that was a weird, dark place this podcast just went, but... Um, I believe in total transparency and no editing my life, period. So it's important to just let you guys know what's going on. I think it's important to point out also, Shalina is out of town. Yeah. She went to Florida. She was scheduled to go on a trip to Florida to yeah. fly out Wednesday morning, uh, and her mother took her life Monday. Right. So through a great deal of strength, both inner and external, and bravery and... Uh, allowing herself to be acknowledged and praised, which is very difficult for her. Um, she went to Florida to an accept an award for outstanding customer service. She works for a company with 400,000 employees and only 400 of them win this award every year. And that's so badass. So she, Johnny drove her to Sacramento the other day. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to, to deal with that sort of, um, trauma in your life and still, still be able to, sort of take a deep breath and face the day. I think it's so badass and yeah. very great. I have so much respect for her for even just getting on that plane. Yeah. Like she's brave as shit, dude. Yeah. That's so great. she's a little badass yeah. and she won the award. Like the 1% right. of her company is good enough to go on this. Saw the screenshot today. You said you, she sent you a picture of her, her and somebody else's name maybe. Yeah. To get on, on like a giant projector in front of a giant conference room of chairs and yeah like as in. we're recording this she is at her formal dinner accepting you know get yeah. everyone's getting their award and the ceo of the company is there yeah and going to universal studios tonight with just is it tonight yeah 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 just 400 of them yeah the, her company cool. rented out universal studios yeah so imagine no oh, lines on any ride and she gets to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh that's there I forgot that was even yes! there. that's so cool with like nobody else there dude that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. she's bringing me back like a Wizarding World of Harry Potter Orlando shirt. Yeah. I'm super stoked. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's been a terrible week, and it's one that I hope no one else ever has to go through. Sure. I mean, ideally, no one is ever touched directly by suicide, but uh, sadly, um, too many of us will be. So, and if if that does happen to be the case, I think I think I'm very proud of you, Johnny, for like, like talking about it. Don't you don't have to bottle that inside of you. Yeah, thank like, you. It's essential. You can't talk dude. to friends, talk to family. Like it's it's a it's a whole thing. Everybody. Some people deal with depression. You don't know it. So ask. Yeah. And talk about stuff and, you know. And if people want to talk to you about it, listen. Yes. And if you're out of your depth, get help because it's out there. Yeah. You can find resources. There's there's resources, you know, and yeah. if, if you need to find them, they're there. If you can't help someone or you feel like you're out of your element, there's there's always more help. And if you can't find it, fucking call me. I'll help you. Yeah. So... Our information is readily available. That's right. So, I mean, the, the takeaway is is be open with your shit. Yeah. It's that's, o- yeah, that's it. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, vent about it. Have yeah. a beer with a friend. Do what you have to do to get through every day. Unless the friend is an alcoholic and that's when they're struggling with. Like, maybe don't. That's fair. Do have, something else with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but, um, you know, as, as yeah. someone that's... Yeah off and on had struggles with alcoholism at points in my life. And I wouldn't call it alcoholism. I would call it alcohol abuse. Sure. I recently learned the difference between abuse and addiction. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like in, uh, can I take a stab at it? Like yeah, substance wise. Yeah. Right. Like, so I feel like, um, the abuse aspect would be like sort of more coping with things and, and the addiction would be, um, you know, day-to-day stuff, like you can't help it, but have to drink. And whereas like, I think I've dealt with using alcohol as a coping mechanism. Yeah. That's that, that falls into the alcohol abuse. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've gone, yeah, that's the main difference. And I learned this actually from Dr. Drew's new podcast. Oh. It's called Dr. Drew after dark. Um, he actually interviews comedians, uh, about their motivations for being comedians because mm. they're kind of fucked up. And, yeah, sure. But some really deep, interesting questions get brought up on that show, and he he broke this down, and I never really made the connection between, like, drug abuse or substance abuse and, like, addiction, whereas abuse is just, like, you deal with a problem or, like, you drink about it. You know, I say that all the time. <laughs> like, I need to de-stress. I'm going to drink about right. it, you know? Right. And... um Same thing with drugs, you know, like whatever you want to like do blow for a weekend. It's just, it's abuse. You're, you're dabbling or you're, you're self-medicating. But like the addiction is when like you can't go to work without having three fingers of whiskey. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a definite line in the sand there. So all that to say, yeah, is someone that has struggled with alcohol abuse in the past, which I have in check now, which is awesome. Uh, and someone that's dealt with depression and anxiety and kind of, I mean, if you have that shit, you deal with that every day, there's no way around it. So yeah, it's, it's important to talk about. And I think the most important thing is to surround yourself with people that you can talk about it with. And I am really lucky to have that. Um, everyone should have that. So try and, and strive for that or be in therapy. That's a good thing too. Yeah, and if you don't have that and you're hearing those words, we can be that. We yeah. are that for you now. hundred <laughs> um, percent. Like, I am really, really lucky to work for an employer that gives us free therapy. Yeah. Um, right. And you're fucking crazy if you don't think that I'm going to be in in therapy talking about this. Yeah, and there's I, – I, I hate that about therapy. Like, I was raised by psychologists, basically. Yeah. Um, Not basically. Yes. 
And <laughs> some people are just like, oh, I'm, like if I go to therapy, I'm I'm weak. And I like, sh- shut your mouth. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's not correct. Like mm-hmm. we all need somebody to lean on, as Bill Withers says, and mm. like powerful Bill Withers. Like don't don't neglect that because of pride. No. Yeah. Oh, we live in a post. Um, 9-11. But, well, that too. Well, the generation that really stigmatized that was that post-World War II oh, generation. Oh, sure. Yeah, like everybody just ever soft. Our kids. parents. Yeah. Our yeah. parents were raised in that generation mm-hmm. that was back from World War II. They had kids. They had, it was like the late 50s, early 60s, which is exactly when my parents were raised. Mm-hmm. They didn't know shit about shit. Right. And it was like, oh, you're sad? Like, tough it up go to like, work yeah like walk yeah. it off you yeah. know what i mean and there was no being in touch with your feelings or issues or i mean it, that was the generation where like ptsd and and shell shock whatever they called it at yeah. that time was right. not diagnosed at all it was thought of as like weakness right and like in the context of mostly obvious actually at the time i think only may, men were soldiers i think yeah. um so like coming back and you had these um scared feelings like you were you were just gay like mm-hmm. you were just some queer that was like you can't exactly. do it. you can't be a man well i don't i don't know go to the factory or i don't know what they told people but like we've come a long way as this is i'm glad i would not have done well yeah then. but that's I'm, uh that's the, whole, the whole point of that is that we're at a time in our lives where it's not only okay it's encouraged and yeah if it's never been encouraged to you i'm encouraging it now like, let us be the ones that encourage yep. you if you've never heard it. Yep. Talk about that shit, dude. Yep. Um, there's friends that I've made through this podcast that have opened up to me and on my front porch drinking beers. Those you know, green chairs. And those are great chairs, man. Yeah. They're green. They're great. They were free. Green great chairs, yeah. But yeah, it's important, man. Talk talk it out. So Well, so I don't it seems like Captain Marvel is something I don't care about right now. After this. <laughs> like I I like whatever. Um so I just wanted to throw it out there. Is there anything you want to touch on in this movie? Like, sorry if I just hijacked the whole no, last half of this show. So much more of an important conversation. Like, I, yeah, Captain Marvel's fine. Yeah. Whatever. We know probably how it ends. It doesn't really matter. Go yeah. see it if you want. Um, I don't care to talk about it necessarily. Yeah, it was great. It is fine. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry if I derailed the the no. podcast completely, but it felt really good to get that out yeah man and i'm really proud of myself for not crying yeah you were getting close <laughs> not, not that it that. matters but like <laughs> yeah i've only cried on this podcast like once once yeah so once. Um, well i've cried so much about this in the last sure, three days i don't man, i don't yeah. know if i have any left yeah fair. so it just feels good to talk about it like have that catharsis and <sighs> just get back to normal dude like if it, it empathy is and can be exhausting yes I've been doing a lot of reading about it and like just supporting people that have been through trauma and like in my own way, it's a lot smaller of a way, but it is, it was a trauma to me, but the real trauma to me was everyone I love going through it because they were closer to my mother-in-law than I was. Um, and just the physical and mental exhaustion of, um, trying to support and be there for people that, um, that are going through like some of the worst tragedy in their lives yeah, is exhausting. So it feels really good. Like I slept great last night for the first time all week. I don't have a headache for the first time in four days. Like it felt so good to like text you and be like, let's record this episode. Tonight. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about texting you, but I want to give you space. Like, yeah. Um, cause yeah, I, I appreciate that. I've never met your mother, but I was like, yeah, 
podcast stuff. Right? Like the in in part of my mind was like, this might be nice. Like I knew Shalina was out of town, like maybe to get your mind off. And then yeah. you texted me this morning, I was like, let's knock out an episode. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. That's and great. I love it because you're um very in tune with emotions and feelings and and i love you for that for just knowing that i would reach out when the time was yeah sure and it was good i definitely needed a minute yeah fair man but yeah everyone's everyone's doing as good as they can yeah so yeah right we're we're all holding each other up like a fucking wobbly like card (laughs) castle um okay to wrap this baby up um a couple of closing announcements i suppose if you're on our patreon um, please make sure to go log on if you don't have the app and, and we've posted some info about our March bar hang. Yeah. Um, if you're not on Patreon on and April and April, April's coming out. Uh, yeah. By this point, yeah, we're on our shit for so once. Please so yeah, go vote. Please vote about the April bar hang. If that sounds good to you and you want to know, and you live in Chico in particular, um, you can join us on Patreon for a dollar an episode. It's super easy to sign up. I, uh, my sister signed up this week. Um, and it took about a, I think like two and a half minutes. Um, it's very easy and we give bonus content. We give these bar hangs. We have movie nights. We have, um, sometimes giant group events. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we appreciate the crap out of you for doing it. Um, anything else? I think that was all I had to say. That was it. Keep screenshotting. We really appreciate that. It makes me happy. Uh, keep that up. Make Johnny happy this week. You guys, you can I use your, your own, your own pain to pursue our podcast <laughs> please do uh yeah screenshot where you're listening and then tag us in it it would be awesome yep rate and review us wherever you listen that's exactly. what I think. before we sign off thank you all for listening everyone that's involved in this show means a lot to me and uh i know i might be overly emotional right now because of life but i appreciate all of you so thanks for being a part of our life and hopefully you enjoy us being a part of yours we'll see you next week This is Fresh Hop Cinema. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of Bailey Minardi.